Josh, I don't, I'm confused a little bit. Is this like your podcast or is this a new podcast we're doing together? I, re I really don't know. I would venture to say it's a new thing because if you're going to put your name on it, I don't want to besmirch your good name with the stuff that has happened previously. Like, I don't want anyone taking the blame for that other than me. Yeah, so, but what if this is such a, like, horrific conversation that, like, this is the last time you ever want to talk to me? That seems profoundly unlike. At that point, I would just be impressed. Like, that's some valuable skills. I mean, even just alienating someone that effectively, that's that's a challenge. Okay. So, um, I, my, my thought process is um, basically what I told you before, uh, 15, 10, 15 minutes at the very most of rambling, and then let's get into our subject because you know how much I – researched what you asked me to talk about and stuff yeah i took my sister back home and i asked her some questions so yeah anyways let I mean, me go find my notes i'm pretty i was pretty sure i had some notes floating around on this okay um, but uh i was thinking for this time rather than just us rambling off and off we could talk a little bit about for our first 10 minutes about like what this situation is like how do we know each other and oh yeah we can start that that's actually you maybe more so than most people i know how i know you is a very fuzzy question Ugh, it was so long ago yeah because i sort of i don't remember you guys living in montana the first time i know oh. that it happened i knew that you guys existed like i remembered the bullmans as a thing and then we oh. went and visited you guys in Indiana. Yeah. Um, That's sad, Josh, because I remember you from the first time. Well, you're also a couple years older. And at the ages we were, that makes a significant difference. I, I maybe. Okay. Oh, Tom Murphy just hit a two-run home run. The Mariners are winning three to nothing. Josh, stop. That's the worst way to start a podcast, talking about the Mariners. There's absolutely no way it's going to turn out well. You know this as well as I do. No. See, you're looking at this the wrong way, Jacob. <laughs> okay. The Mariners are going to lose. This is about faith. The things that we know to be true. They went hard this year. They went 13-2. and two, And yes. I bet some glimmer of hope crossed my mind where it's like, maybe this is going to go better than we think it will. And no, oh, yeah. usually they string us all along a little bit more than this. This year, they got us real high and then real low. They've been real committed to proving to us they're still going to Mariners. Uh, okay. I yes. would venture to say they took it a little bit farther than they needed to. But, uh, you know, the worst May that they've ever had in franchise history is good, too. That's uh... Yes, Josh, the Mariners constantly find unique ways to make us miserable. And they I, are... as a storyteller, I understand this probably even better than you. So, like, <laughs> a, good, a good, like, being depleted is not enough for them. You know, they, they don't want yeah. you to just feel... You know, like Mariners will always be bad. Mariners are always horrible. They do very creative stuff to give you hope, only to like take their hand, like knock it right into the chest and then rip your heart right out. You know, it's you know far what? more effective in terms of really making you suffer than if they were just miserably bad all the time, no matter what. You my know guess, what? I'm sorry, I'm going to finish this, but oh, my yeah, guess. By all means. My guess, Josh, is they're going to have another run just because, you know, they want to make us excited. Like, we're going to, we're totally like in normal Mariner mode right now, where it's like, okay, thank goodness they're, they're actually now normal, horrible Mariners. Whatever that 13 win thing was, we could let go of, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll stay with you in the miserable, bad kind of, players you are you know and like team you are but yeah. my my guess is that's that doesn't sound like mariners at all because they they want to make you suffer so they'll yeah. they'll have a a jump ahead sometime during the season and then just completely take us out you know i just had a horrifying long-term thought they haven't made okay. the playoffs in whatever it is 18 years <laughs> longest um, longest play out off uh 
or what is it called? Fungus drought. Drought in history of MLB. Yeah. So the thing that just occurred to me is I've been thinking, oh, when they make the playoffs, we will have this release and then they will have won. But no, that will just be a new level of heartbreak. Like, is there any way they don't lose either in a sweep or in like a painful way on the last game of whatever series it is, whether it's the division series or the championship series. Like there's no way that them making it to the playoffs ends well. I was thinking when we make it to the playoffs, it will be good, but the playoffs is just higher emotional stakes. And if there's one thing the Mariners thrive on, it's failing with high emotional stakes. Yeah. And it's a, I would say five years from here, from, from now, we're going to see Mariners and playoffs and it's just a new way of torment. You know, it's not like, it's not any better. They just know, oh, they're getting bored about with being tormented because we're just awful all the time, no matter what. Now we yeah. need to figure something else out. And, and yeah, you're, you're totally right. Um, doing, doing like, um, as you described, like going into the playoffs you know, winning three games in a row or something like that, and then just miserably just losing each one of the each next. You know, I, I I've reserved basically that I will never see a Seattle Mariners championship. That's, yeah, that's that's that, what it takes. That to feels be a Mariner fan. depressingly right. Yeah. So um, okay, we've we've established we are both Mariners fans. Is that? <laughs> the correct term prisoners i think is yeah, probably closer exactly. but yeah yeah but that that's not what brought us together josh i mean there's so much more to this this story um i think one funny thing is uh our professions could not be farther from the oh no 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 <laughs> so you are the um very straight arrow get her done this i mean i don't want to be describing you you could I mean, if you drew up a, uh, it frustrates me about my life frequently that if you drew up, you know, kind of the, what am I, 27 year, well, not so much a 27, but at like 25, if you just drew up a kind of template 25 year plan, uh, I hit most of it. Of You go through, you graduate from high school, uh, you go to college, meet a nice girl at college, get married after college, uh, move to a new place, get a job, a nice, you know, stable, well-paying job. Um, and then shortly thereafter, you buy a house, you have a kid, and ta-da, that's me at 25. Um, I mean, there's some other more interesting things that happen in there, but I checked most of the, like, nor, like, you are now in adult boxes a lot quicker than I honestly thought I would, but it's like, well, I mean, I guess we're here now. Yeah, and I'm a 30-year-old 30, 30 who barely has gotten out of, like, living with, not necessarily the parents, but living with, like, people who are just trying to be kind to you because you make no money whatsoever. Um, and uh, I have been pursuing filmmaking for all of my life, telling all my friends, including you, that that is the actual long-term yep. career path that that's so much more effective than what I, I mean, at least professional wrestling or cross country. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, it's not that I've not made any money making films, but, uh, I want to go on record right now to saying I do not recommend this life to anyone because it's <laughs> miserable. And the only reason you should want to do it is because you literally have some kind of passion that God has put in your heart that literally he's not willing to take out. And that's, <laughs> you just you just need to go with it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, so yep, the filmmaker and the... Go ahead. What, what's, what would you say? I don't know. Yeah, the, I, I would more call myself a storyteller. So, yeah. Um, look forward to seeing my um, documentaries and great, wonderful movies uh, in the distant future. <laughs> okay, so we got that out around. And guess what, Josh? It's 10 minutes. So, oh, look at us. We are do... a bunch of professionals. Yes, yes, we'll see. Uh, if we want to do our little transition into, uh, and well, what, what do you want this conversation to be, Josh? I think you brought it up. Right. So 
in um among among the other pieces i have yeah, i was born raised in the church um came up in a christian family i've gone to church uh pretty consistently my entire life uh but as i've as i've been thinking about it uh, i mean church and the structures that it provides have been really valuable for me but it was i don't know maybe a month or two ago i started thinking i was like if we build church from the ground. I mean, church the way it is, is going to continue more or less because there's a ton of people who have been doing it their whole lives and it's comfortable and it's what they're used to. And it's what people expect from a church. You know, you go in Sunday morning, there's childcare, you go, you listen to somebody, you sing some songs, you know, um, some of the well, nice stuff. Know this. Yes. Yeah, probably there's a building. And so there's a lot of those people, I mean, and you know, there's good and bad things about those, but I'm saying like, Hey, if we didn't have 2000 years of church history and socioeconomic forces and whatnot. If I was going to build a church starting from the ground up right now, uh, what would I do? What are the pieces of church that are really valuable? What are the pieces that are not valuable? And then, I mean, this is less, I was thinking about this uh, more a year ago when we were looking for a church, but it's saying, okay, like, what are the things that I think define a good church that's going to help have me have, have a healthy, vibrant, growing faith um, and are, is a place that I can get fed into, grow closer to God, and in which um, I can express my faith. Um, I mean, because it's not just getting fed in, it's also, I mean, there should be some action on my part. Uh, and what's a place that helps me do that effectively? So what, what are the pieces? If I started from the ground up, how can we facilitate those things best? Um, yes. And how much does that look like churches that we have now? I like this. I like this, Josh. I, I do. I am a little confused because you just asked the person who literally just started going back to church a few months ago after like literally like a nine year break from going to church. Um, and to be frank, <laughs> uh, this is weird because it's a podcast. So people are going to be listening who might be going to the church that I'm going to, but like, it's not, it's been a rocky road. There isn't like, it's not like all negatives, but like, there's a lot of frustration still for me. And so like, and I think it's important to get to those points to kind of describe where we came from. So you and I actually have a similar background. Like you said, I ra was raised in church. I had like, I went to church every single week with um, two youth groups and a Bible study. Uh, at one point I was leading, I mean, at a few points I was leading a Bible study. I think you went to one of my Bible studies, right? I think I've definitely done some Bible study things with you. Yeah. I think yes. so. I mean, I would and, be just kind of globally, I would be surprised if that hadn't happened at some point. Yeah. And then and then certain um, siblings came out as a uh, certain sibling came out as gay and certain doctrines began to be questioned by myself that we could go into some other time. And I kind of I think it was a combination, to be frank, of being thrown out. And then just literally like while I'm being thrown out, I slammed the door behind me because I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going to do like, this is me too. You know, like, I don't want to just be kicked out. I want to make a statement. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah. So, so just about nine years ago, 10 years ago, I made the decision to leave church and to be frank, Josh, I didn't miss it. Like I'm, I was more curious than missing it. That's why I came back. And so, um, yeah, anyways, I would describe myself as having more secular friends now than actual Christian friends. And to be frank, having more stimulated conversations with more, more of my secular friends. Now, this isn't necessarily to say the Christian people at my church that I'm going to now aren't stimulating. I just don't know them as well, you know, so it yeah. might take time. But like when you talk about what church should look like and all that stuff, I really don't think it should look like what it looks like right now. So should I start to name some of the things that frustrate me or should, should we first talk about things that might excite us about? Let's uh, let's start with a couple of things that will excite us. And I want to, one thing that I do want to put out here um, that I, I feel like I should probably state more often um, is like, I am, I have really come to the conclusion over the last couple of months that I'm not good at being a Christian. So I'm going to lay out a bunch of ideals 
and things that I would like to have happen where it's like, oh, this is how the church should be. But one of the key problems with the church is it's full of people and people are messy and complicated and frequently not very good at following God. I, I think that's pretty obvious throughout the Bible. Like I remember reading through the Old Testament and being like, man, Israel's really stupid. Why do they keep deviating from God? And then I got, you know, five years older and I was like, oh, like, because I've done the exact same stupid stuff. Um, so I just want to get out off the top. I am going to pre present some lofty ideals. And there is a certain amount of question in my mind of like, just because I have good ideas and I can say nice words, uh, the church is frequently good at saying nice words and then not being able to follow through with them. Some of that is uh, hypocrisy or not reckoning with the difficulty of what you said. Some of that is people trying really hard and failing honestly, and I have fallen into all three of those buckets at different times. So I just want to get that uh, out of the way off the top before I say some nice things about what I think I might want the church to be. Um, so, for it. so a couple of pieces. Um, one, the church is fundamentally a community at its most basic level is a community of believers. Um, it's important to have other people to talk with. I mean, just as human beings, uh, community and friendships are important. Um, having relationships to talk through people with, to be able to get um, some strength. I think there's a verse in Proverbs of like one strand is easily broken, but three strands are a lot harder. It's pretty easy to lie to one person. Uh, when you have three people and it's like, no, you're not an idiot who's gotten everything wrong you've ever done in your life. Like, it's not that hard for me to believe that about myself. But if there's three of us, it's a lot harder to convince all three of us that I'm an idiot who's never done anything right in my life. So that okay. kind of. Yep, sorry. I, I'm, I'm interrupting that rant. I, I apologize. But one of the things about this type of podcast, Josh, is like the conversation aspect. Yeah. No. And yeah. I like I like your point about community. So before you leave that, I wanted to um uh, uh, connect with that because it is also a very positive for me too like in terms of just building like going like i think people are made for a community and i need to say i i did i missed that when i wasn't going to church not because you can't find community other places but that is a solid foundation like like there is some kind of what i would say cult like aspects to the whole church thing <laughs> where it's just like a community come together for a, like a very specific belief. And if you don't, if you aren't in, you're out and there's all sorts of problems I have with that. But there's also when it comes to like a belief that one people agree upon in a, in a, in a basic sense, right. And them coming together to celebrate that belief is a pretty beautiful thing, you know? And like, yeah. I have enjoyed that. Because it goes very way farther than just sitting down for a message or even worship. It, it's like a, as you know, like when you go to church, it's just as much about that conversation um, before, after, at a you know potlucks. You and I are very much fans uh, yes. of those, you know, good and times, and times. all all our churches. I think that we've gone to have that kind of thing, you know, and like yeah, the community aspect is a very positive aspect to church. Okay. I, I just didn't want to, didn't want, I, I'm sorry I interrupted that rant, but like, you know. No, so I, I, I think it actually makes sense of, uh, I feel like we've stumbled upon this a little bit, but I will talk about something and then you talk about the same thing. And then, okay, do churches actually do that? Do we both agree that communities are really important, really valuable reason why you would go to church? Um, and so, so we, we could only speak about our church, though, right? True. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, we. I think that's more often the case. Um, so the, the next question that I would have is, okay, if this is really important, do churches do this? And what are the things – I mean, more likely we're going to have an answer between 0 and 100. But what are the things that churches do that are effective for building community and helping that happen? And then what are the things that are not helpful? Uh, like this being a pretty central, pretty important part of church, uh, the way that we do Sunday mornings is not particularly conducive to this. Like you said, the conversations that you have before and after church are in a lot of ways as important, important or more important. Those relationships, uh, those people that you tie in with are as important or more important than the time you spend singing or sitting, listening to someone talk. Um, and so particularly Sunday mornings, if, if your goal is to develop community, Sunday mornings are not well designed for that. 
Um, there's there is other value to that, um, but churches are not designed with community at the center of them, uh, or it, at the center of the Sunday morning experience. I, I think is more fair to say, and so that's part of what gives rise to. Uh, Bible studies and potlucks, like you said, and some of these other events outside where it's like, no, we're going to get ourselves into smaller groups where I can actually, can. I mean, because also if you get a church of any significant size, I mean, if you have a church of over 100 people, which is not a particularly big church, I've learned since I've moved um, away from the church that I grew up in of 25 people, you're just not going to know everybody. You do not have that whole group as a community. And so you need a smaller, bright-sized chunk of a Bible study or um, whatever of people that you can actually connect with. And so those are those are some of the answers. Um, it would be, I, I would be interested in ways that you can do more stuff to pull people together. There was one time in college that we had uh, a speaker at our college Christian group. And I think they did this two or three times through their talk. Uh, they said, okay, like they made a point and then they stopped and they said, okay, now talk with the people in your row about this. Um, like, mm -hmm. what do you guys think about this? How do you feel about that? And that was, <laughs> I haven't seen it happen before or since. Uh, and it's it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's a brave, bold thing. Like, you're going to end up with people having a lot of questions. It places a lot less emphasis on the teaching. But it pulled people together because right now I can sit in church and, I mean, God bless people for trying to have greet your neighbor time. But it just doesn't do a whole lot where it's like, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to say hi. I generally don't even ask people's names because I know it's never going to stick in my head. Like yeah. if my only interaction yeah. with you is I turned around and I shook your hand, I am sorry, zero brain space is going to get devoted to that. Um, and so having something where it's like, I can dig in a little bit more because frequently I will end a conversation with someone new and be like, crap, I don't know what your name is, but I can tell you four significant things that happened in that conversation yeah. that you think yeah. or have done. Um, and so if you give me none of those hooks, the chances that I will remember someone and develop an actual relationship with them are vanishingly small. Um, so I would say outside of Sunday mornings, the churches that I've been in generally do a pretty decent job of this, you know, maybe a B, yeah, somewhere between a B minus and an A minus, depending on which church I've been in um, outside of Sunday mornings. I don't think I've ever been a place where maybe, maybe some of the college ministries that I went to, um, I mean, that was, that was just a very more community driven. So one of the other things that I've been thinking about some in like the structure of church is, OK, where did the structure come from? And I think a lot of it comes from kind of Middle Ages Europe, where it's like, OK, we've got a town of 150 people. Uh, John over there is pretty smart. We're going to have him devote himself to reading the Bible, studying, getting educated, because, the, you know, most of the rest of us can't read. And on Sunday, he's going to teach us out of the word so that we can learn the Bible, uh, which and so in that structure, having uh, a Sunday morning experience that's mainly driven by teaching makes a lot of sense because yeah. everybody yeah. else has a really hard time accessing the Bible. Uh, getting that knowledge, that uh, that head knowledge, we'll probably talk about this later, that head knowledge is an important thing. Um, and so when it's really hard to get that, and it's like, okay, we need to have one person who can teach us this, that's really important. Today, I feel like we have the exact opposite scenario. It is, if I stay home from church, it is m very easy for me to get better teaching than I will get at church, because I can watch anything. I can watch any basically any pastor from the last 20 years, I can watch the best pastors in the world. I can read the Bible. I can read commentaries from the Bible. I have so many different options to get teaching. Uh, but the thing, particularly in America that we struggle with is getting community and having that time to be together. Like we're so much more isolated than we were. We don't have that. Oh, here's a hundred people. And I know all of them, like Megan and I have had to work to get to know our neighbors. And that's something that we've tried to do and tried to invest in. Um, but like at our apartment before we lived in our house, don't would not have even recognized any of my neighbors ever. Like didn't yeah. know any yeah. of them at all. And so it feels to me like we're still set up on Sunday mornings. Like teaching is the most important thing that we have to, or even one of the most important things we have to do when it feels to me like community is the piece that should be most important there. Yeah, well, and I don't know exactly where we've gone here because it's, it seems to be a little bit more than community that you're talking about. Um, but, like, that's, like, the big um, 
a big difference here between you and me is um, this kind of concept of needing to learn the Bible and working through the Bible with fellow believers. Like, I don't necessarily consider that um, my idealized church necessarily. But, like, that being said, you're, you're totally right that, like, in the actual going to church and saying hi to um, everybody, the greeting time, and then the kind of awkward uh, messages over um, uh, goodbye time is so not what I'm t or you seem to be talking about when it comes to community, right? Yeah. Of people, if you cannot seriously discuss difficult challenges you're having in your life, I mean, that's fine. Maybe it's nice but it's not community in a serious sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, what what takes it to the next level is, like, if people do those things, like we were talking about with potlucks or even, like, uh, out of, like, Bible studies and um, the all the extra kind of stuff. I mean, in my opinion, even just, uh, just like, going to do, working on, a like, a root problem with one another outside of um a building like a, a lot of that can be interpreted in my opinion as the community building church process because like one thing we're going to get into i'm pretty sure josh is like what is a church is it a building which i frankly think completely is not that's not an i that's like i mean i know that's what church is in in today's standard you know and that's what it's seen as but like that's not what I care for, you know, like, and like, there are aspects like the message that I just really, when, when you hear a message from one specific person and are supposed to get what God's been saying to this one person, like that, that just doesn't, doesn't hit me as at all interesting or that very interesting. And I think that that's something we've created for church, not something that's, that was supposed to be there from the beginning. In fact, I think I think real church is basically those hard conversations, the community building kind of situation. Like I don't necessarily need it to be about Christ, but this is where you and I are very much uh, uh, different, you know? Like my whole conception of Christianity today is very loose compared to your, your perception of Christianity. Um, which I am, I am very thankful that you're, you want to still talk with me and blah, blah, blah. But like, it also probably makes a little, <laughs> like a frustrating conversation because it's like you and I are going to have a conversation about like literal same words like church or community or blah, blah, blah. And they're going to be very different things, which could be exciting or just frustrating. You, you get to choose to Josh. I mean, the correct answer is both. Uh, yeah. Like, one of the things that drives me nuts uh, is people talk about diversity or people being different. Like, it's a good thing or a bad thing. It turns out talking with different people who are going to challenge you and think about things differently is really hard, and it's potentially really valuable. If you talk with people who are the same as you, you get the same ideas you already had. If you talk with people who are different than you, it's going to hurt, and it's going to be challenging. Uh, and if you do it right... Uh, you learn some stuff. So and we we are experts at doing it right, right, Josh? Oh yeah, we definitely never screw this up. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. We never yell um, at each other. So let's move into the. I think uh, the stuff that you were saying is kind of a nice segue. So the next um, piece that I would say is important about the church is learning. Okay. Um, and so one of the things that is very scary to me about people who are just saying, no, I'm not going to be part of the church. Like I've got this great communion with Jesus uh, is it's pretty easy to be wrong. Um, I don't know about you. I've been wrong a lot of times in my life. Uh, looking back at history, there's a lot of people who have been wrong about the Bible uh, who use the Bible to justify awful things. And so having that as a check of people think lots of crazy stuff about the Bible and it's harder. Well, supposedly harder the more people that you have to be uh as wrong about it it's it's pretty easy for me to be wrong about the bible if the two of us are reading it together and i say huh it looks like this passage about cain and abel says i should go kill my brother and you say whoa 
I don't think that's quite right. Let's take a second look. And so of having that and having those um, structures and of people who it, it, it's important to read the Bible right and to read the Bible well, because you can certainly read the Bible wrong. Um, okay. So then, one question I have, Josh, is like, so you're interpreting church as an extension of what they did, uh, what what the Jews have did when, when coming to the temple and working through the scriptures, right? So do you in, in sync put church, like is, is church and searching through the Bible like completely intertwined to you? No. Um, so, so in being a Christian, I mean, the Bible, I think, is very, very important as God's inspired word, word to man. Um, and so reading the Bible is a really important there's a so the Babylon Bee is a satirical Christian news site. And one of the articles they have is man prays for God to make his word revealed as his revealed word in the Bible is sitting next to him on a table. Like a huge part of my Bible reading and my Bible study um, should probably be alone because God's really good at talking to people. And the Bible is going to mean lots of different things at different times. If you read the same passage that you read 10 years ago and you get the exact same thing out of it. Uh, that's weird because usually when I've gone back to the Bible later, it means more. So if you think I'm done with this passage, I know what it means, probably not great. And so if you're talking to a room of 800 people or 100 people, um, you cannot explain everything that this passage means to each one of those people at the same time. Like yeah. every Christian yeah. needs to be spending time with the Bible so that God um, can talk to them, speak to the individual pieces they have, uh, to put the finger and say, Hey, this is a place where you weren't, um, loving kind, where you haven't been holding yourself, holding others to enough account. I mean, whatever, whatever the lesson happens to be at that point, um, like that's really important, but it's also important to have an external force that says, uh, so you can be checking, Hey, here's what I thought the Bible said. Here's what I, um, thought I heard from God. Can I check that against, uh, what the community of believers says, um, and also of getting so there's there's that element of saying, okay, did the things that I get were those correct? And then also of getting things that are beyond what I can do. I can't read Greek, I can't read Hebrew. Um, I am not going to spend thirty hours a week um, diving into one passage. And so there's both checking the things that I know, and then there's getting things that are beyond what I'm going to be able to get. So having a professional pastor can be very valuable because there's there's a lot of stuff that they can do that I am not capable of doing. So the combination there of checking what I'm doing and then also giving me higher and better teaching than I have time or ability to go into on my own. So those are the two sides of teaching that I would say are important. Um, and, and so I would say that is, uh, I don't, I would say maybe, I would say that's probably lower than community only because com community is um, helpful in actually living this out. So like, I feel pretty good about my ability to know what I should do as a Christian. I've got a ton of the answers stored in my head. Um, but as I admitted earlier, I am frequently not great at doing them. That more and more as I get older, I think the challenge of Christianity is not having the right answers, but is in doing the correct things. The Pharisees had a ton of right answers, and Jesus was not a huge fan of them. And yeah. so it's it's the actual doing. But I mean, having the right answers is also important, but it's less important than having love, having faith and doing those things effectively. So once we have those, once we can do our community and support each other and make sure we are um, living towards God in the fullest, it's like, OK, now as we're doing that, as we're being effective, let's make sure we're being effective at the right things and of, of figuring out some of these um, difficult theological questions or just kind of general guidance for life. Yeah. And I, I guess my question is, is the is is that scene working through biblical verses or is it seen more through um, the action that we both um, feel is godly? And, and like, of course, you and I get my our influences on what is good and what is wrong, partly through the Bible. I personally think. It's extremely confusing to only get it through the Bible because there's all sorts of um, verses and messages in the Bible that if you don't, um, if you don't um, also use common sense and a certain amount of context and 
all sorts of other things that that are needed in in terms of like what you've learned outside of the Bible, it could it could lead you very quickly to astray. And so so my whole thing is, could it be in your head done without having a Bible be the leading um, drive each week? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, maybe occasionally. Um, so I, I certainly agree with you that if you just read the Bible, you can get to some real funky conclusions. Um, because the Bible, while it can speak to you different things, you know, at different stages of your life, can also be read very wrong. So I agree with you. Uh, the way that I've tried to think about it is I read the Bible and I get one, like, a vision, an idea about how the world should work. And then what I need to do, so if if God is God of the universe and this is his inspired world word, that should line up, that should correspond, that should explain reality. Okay. So I take, okay, this is what the Bible said to me. It, you know, it said, uh, love your neighbor. And I take it and I take a look and I say, okay, if I take, if I take these inputs and I apply them to the world, does that make sense? And I think, see, oh, huh. If I love my enemies, um, like that can lead to reconciliation. It leads me to breaking down the roots of the conflict. That can be, um, something that can be really valuable. Um, I'm trying to think of something really objectionably wrong that you could take. Oh, is that slavery is a lovely example. Um, people justified slavery out of the Bible. Slavery is referenced a fair number of times in ways that I don't uh, fully understand, haven't dived into. But I say, oh, hey, there's slavery in the Bible. Slavery in real life must be okay. And then I look at slavery, and it's so inconsistent with loving your neighbor, um, respecting others. I mean, particularly, I'm thinking like American South slavery um, or sex slavery that happens today. Like I look at those and I'm like, no, no, that's, that's definitely not in line with the rest of the Bible, with the wise counsel that I've heard. And so if I'm getting conflicting messages from the Bible and the world about if something works, uh, I have some serious thinking to do. And either the world is, those two should line up. If they're both pointing at, truth if they're both pointing at reality um like i can be wrong about reality i can be wrong about the bible but if those two are in conflict if what i'm seeing in the bible does not reflect what i'm seeing in the world i need to find some way to reconcile those two i mean and uh homosexuality and how we deal with those are one where i don't see those lining up super well yeah. it, is, it is certainly not in concert and so honestly i stay fairly hands-off about that because i don't have strong feelings either way because I look at the Bible and it's like this again, I probably could stand to I most assuredly could stand um, to dive into this a little bit deeper. But I look at the Bible and it's like it probably looks to me like the Bible's not at very least not a huge fan of homosexuality. So I, I see that in the Bible. And then I look in the world. I don't see the severe negative repercussions for it. Um if anything, it looks slightly positive to me. I don't, I mean, for another thing, I just fundamentally don't understand what's going on, but there's, the world is not burning down. And yeah. so I look at that and those two don't really line up with each other. Um, and yeah. there, there's probably some hard work that I need to do to check, okay, am I reading the Bible wrong or is there um, something in the world where there's more danger and more destruction and more problems than I've seen? One of those two has to be, not right, I think. Yeah, and, and so, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah. And, so having that check of what, like you were saying, of common sense of if you're just reading the Bible and not checking it against, hey, if I apply these ideas I'm taking out into the world, if you're not doing that at all, you, I completely agree that you can get to very dangerous places very quickly. Yeah, and and to get it back to the church theme though, what I'm tr actually trying to challenge you on or ask you a question because I really haven't thought that much. I'm just not as drawn to the whole building-based message-oriented church thing as you are. And what I'm asking is not whether the Bible has merit or doesn't have merit or should be balanced between um, – uh, should be used and then explained through real-life events. What I'm asking you is what if people struggle to go to church because they think it's only based on this book – that they legitimately have frustrations with. Where I think, I mean, the reason I am still a Christian is, is, is God is far more, and like the concept of, of my faith is far bigger than 
uh, what a book says. You know what I'm saying? It's like you would agree with this, right, Josh? It's from like our personal experience with Christ. And like I totally understand if an atheist is rolling their eyes, you know, right now because he's she's or he or she is just like, what you know, you're crazy. And I admit to like atheist friends that I can be crazy. Like this can be labeled craziness and I'm not going to judge you for it, you know, because like, I don't want you to judge me for being crazy, you know, but like the bottom line is I do have this faith. I think that you could experience it, but like one of the things that really draws them back is like, well, if it's only through this one book, you know, which I'm not trying to say thus we should go away from the book. I understand that like there's a certain amount of Christianity that needs to be based on the story of Christ and many other of the messages you see in the Bible. But what, what I'm getting frustrated with in church and stuff is like how every single point needs to be backed by a verse in the Bible because, you know, they, they uh, I mean, in some ways you probably will say like, Jacob, that's what needs to happen because, you know, you need to support your views based on a, on a, on a, on a verse. But I, I was actually talking to a good friend that you and I know, Mary Rose, right? And she was telling me about how frustrating it is that people jump from verse to verse to verse to verse when doing a message, because of course you're going to, you're going to be able to find blah, 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 you know, from if, if you are able to jump from literally acts to, you know, exodus you know and, and just like pile up enough verses to support your your case what what she experienced and i'm not advocating for this but what she experiences her pastor went if she he he was gonna say use the bible he stayed in that very book and went verse by verse because that's the only way you're going to really understand the true context of it and not manipulate it into whatever message you're you're trying to hit my whole solution, my whole thing would be, it would be really refreshing to just hear a st- like like going to a movie. Like all my movies, all my stories are oriented based on off of my faith. Like really, they are. I mean, I maybe shouldn't be saying this because I don't want to be like, oh, Jacob's just another. He's just disguising his Christian values through, you know. But like, bottom line is, my my faith is completely intertwined with my storytelling. I don't need to go to the Bible, you know, to say, I'm not afraid to, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say you should never, it would be so weird if a, if a church never went into the Bible, but like, is my question is, is the book, the Bible crucial to a weekly church experience for you? Uh, I'm going to come down with a real hard maybe. Um, so there are, there are two different pieces that I would answer that with. Um, one, we are, uh, the American church and particularly, I think, uh, really conservative churches are really enamored with the word of God and the spoken word of God and the explanation of the Bible, which is very valuable. Um, it, I mean, works great for me and people like me frequently, um, there, I have seen bits and pieces of this. Some churches do a better job of engaging with this, uh, but of different ways to connect with God. And so, so the first part of my answer is yes. Like it, the Bible is pretty essential, pretty important. Uh, the next part is I'm just going to tell you uh, three sort of different contradicting things, and like just these things living in tension. I don't quite know how to reconcile them. So the next part is that's that's what this podcast stuff. is all about, right, Josh? Is getting yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be actually refreshing, I think, to a few people because they're like, oh, these guys are just as confused as I am. That's good because yeah. they're at least willing to talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah. So so the words, the structures, the thinking, the intellectual framework for the Bible, they, that stuff is important. Um, but it's also important. So like you were talking about, that stuff is not so much your cup of tea. Um, so but of, of people expressing um, the joy and the beauty of God through dance or through music um, or through plays. Or, I mean, and I've seen different churches engage with that in different ways. Um, I'm not sure. I think that is something, I mean, partly every church I've ever gone to has been a white mountain American, like mountain West church. And that is not something that is a particularly large part of our church. I mean, we get, you know, a children's play every Christmas 
maybe something else if you're lucky. Like that is that is not a muscle, that is not a cultural thing that I churches that I have been in have done particularly well. And it's it's also not that surprising because that is that is not something that I value a ton. So I'm not going to select into churches that do that um, particularly well. Uh, so, but that that dance, that music, like God is a lot bigger than a list of logical propositions. Um, he is a, he is a beautiful, he is a mysterious God, and so it makes sense to me that the beautiful, mysterious stuff that doesn't compute so well for me trying to feed it through a logical filter, that stuff is also important, and that stuff is explicitly not the Bible, um, and that is important. So. I could see that happening. It, that kind of stuff concerns me because it's really easy for people to go off in weird cultish directions. Um, but I mean, I also just have a tendency to prefer the logical, let's explain our faith kind of stuff. So there's those two pieces of what I think. Uh, so I would I would expect most of the time it to come out of the Bible, um, but not necessarily always. And I think it, it, that I wish... I, I am not the person to do that better, but I recognize that that is important and not particularly for people like me. So the third part is um, some of that stuff is best done outside of the church. If you are only connecting to God in church, things are quite wrong. Okay. Um, okay. And so like that, they, I completely, I, I love your statement about all of your films are going to draw upon your faith. The way that I manage businesses, the way that I decide to go about my work, that should also be a reflection of God. If I am not reflect, like there is not like, this is my church time. This is my not church time. Like if there is a God of the universe who knows and loves us deeply and personally, all the time is God's time. Um, yeah. Like yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to do this for two hours on Sunday or to go on Christmas and Easter either. This makes sense and it should. So this is one of the things that really makes me recognize that I'm a bad Christian. Uh, either I should be all in and everything I do should be transformed by Christ or I should walk away from it. Like those are the only two responses to God. If God is who he says he is in the Bible of knowing everything, loving you, being everywhere, um, caring about you and having a better plan for your life, total, like total devotion, totally like, being, if you think about with my time, I can do anytime I'm doing something, I'm not doing something else. Anything that's not drawing me closer to God is a waste of my time. Like compared to knowing and communing with the God of the universe, what are we doing? I do a terrible job of that. I waste time doing things that are mundane, useless, not, not doing any of those things for no particularly good reason that are not like I recognize there have been times where I've been more devoted, more better about walking through my faith, being in the Bible, being in prayer. Um, and it's really good, but it's also like trying to exercise and eat right where you feel better at the end, but that doesn't make it easier to do these building blocks that are the better long-term investments. And so all of the pieces outside of church, you should also be able to draw people to God. So in your case, that's film. And I feel like it makes more sense. And it's a little bit simpler of when you tell a story, if you are hitting those deep gospel truths, um, the things that the Bible says that your secular friends are obviously going to agree with because they are true. Um, like that is most certainly not church to me, but it's also most okay. certainly tied in with God. If the way that I manage a company, the way you know, God, Lord willing, someday I'm supervising employees. If the way that I supervise those employees doesn't reflect the truths of God and doesn't reflect the love of Christ, I'm doing it wrong. Uh, okay. And, and so there's, yeah, there's some of that stuff that I would say that's outside of church, but it's still very important and it's still very much connecting to God. There's some of that sh that should happen in church. And there's some of it that the Bible is also a pretty indispensable piece of church. So, so I, are you pretty close to saying the church is a building then? Uh, no. Church is a, uh, church is a construct in the minds of believers. Um, and, and so I guess, uh, getting to whether or not there should be a building is a, a nice point we should move on to at some point. The building is, so the church is a thing that exists among believers. Um, and there is a building only in so much as it enhances the other goals that we've been talking about, the community, the teaching of the word, um, yeah. the ability to yeah. be the hands and feet of Christ. If a building does not serve those goals as effectively as can be done, then there should not be a building. Well, like, that's, that's interesting that you're talking about that because I don't think I'm necessarily the best guest for the church thing because I, I'm – I'm far less like structured than you, which is like one of our best strengths. You're super 
structured. I'm I'm more conceptual. Oh, isn't this is resilient? And I want to articulate a point that I went through just this week. Actually, uh, we moved church to Tuesdays, and we had worship. Uh, we had this kind of like brief message and worship thing, and I was just super not into it. And that was weird because like one of my favorite worshipers was singing, and I really enjoy you know um worship time and most of the time was worship rather than message and yet i was just like this just doesn't feel like church to me and and it could have been really much like just me and so what i did is i um been making this documentary on um this flood that's going on in missoula and yeah. i went to the location where the flood was and i it was flooding. <laughs> and so it's just like, there's just a bunch of water around and I was beginning to just film just a little bit. It was close to close to a uh, sunset. And I was like, and I really felt like spiritually, like this was what God was saying to me too, is like, you know, this feels way more like church. And I, I don't even know what, what was like, kind of like, like, but whatever I was trying to fulfill at the time, you know, and, and I, and maybe you can't call that church because it's like, it's not, there wasn't anybody else around or like I wasn't, but I did feel like I was there very much in a, in a spiritual, holy kind of place. And then like, I, I contrast that to like the whole Jesus thing and like the life of Jesus, right? He didn't have like, I mean, I don't think, I think he would say he lived in a, constant kind of whatever I mean because I did do some research on what the church is supposed to look like you know and like some verses say like you should have an elder you know to to like um, really and then you, like what you were saying it should be a place where people come together together in 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 worship and praise of God right and yet Josh it felt like that was happening in that water and it feels like jesus felt that was happening he was seeing his his that spirit that you know where god was with those the let like the the whole beatitudes and the least of these far more than he found in structured areas like the temples or you know what i'm saying and so like are we looking at this too too structural you know and like is is it possible to kind of see church in a much more conceptual, le more loose way than than like it may, like because you and I both agreed the reason why we want to talk about this is like we we feel a little bit of a problem right now like with what church has become right I mean not necessarily like everything about the church but like it, it feels too contained even for you who who I think likes a little bit of containment and so yeah. And so it's just like, um, am I on to something or do you think I'm going, you know, crazy, cuckoo, you know, here so, with the whole? In the main, I would say you're completely right. Um, the thing that I would quibble with, I would say that is most assuredly not church. Um, I would also say that is most assuredly of God. I completely agree. I have been there before. Uh, quite frankly, I do not spend enough time metaphorically standing with a bunch of water around me just listening to God. That is a thing that I need to do more often that I I have recognized, uh, I mean, particularly in the last couple of months where I'm like, I do not, I am not still often enough. I spend so much time um, filling my brain with, you know, either the child or the wife or podcasts or uh, games on my phone. Or, I mean, whatever it is, like there's, there's always stuff going in and going out. I do not sit and say, stay still stay still very well um and and that is that is a really valuable way to communicate with god but what i would say you were doing there uh is being with god um what you were doing was far more fundamental to your faith than church church is a thing that we put i, I mean i guess maybe we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit because church doesn't make sense until i have my christianity um, okay church is entirely something that i can build 
after I am a Christian, after I have a relationship with God. Until you have people who have a relationship with God, it doesn't make any sense to have a church. The church is a group of believers. And until you have believers, you can't have a group of believers. And so some of it is going to be in church. Some of it is going to be in community. Some of it is going to be learning from other people and worshiping with other people. But there is also, in addition to being communal and being together sometimes being important, being alone with God is also really important. And so I would say what you were doing was absolutely essential to being a believer, but was not church. See, I think church is uh, about, um, uh, I had a really good point. Just a second. Here we go. I think church is about followers of Christ. I wouldn't say church is about believers. And this is where we really get in some issues because I see a lot of more secular friends, a lot of my secular friends being the hands and feet of Christ in a way that I wish very much that my Christian friends were. And so when I'm among followers of Christ, in my opinion, that's where I find church. That's where I find that community, that kind of atmosphere where God is truly present. And and I guess we haven't yet defined what church is to us. And, and my whole concept definition of church would more be around where God is at, you know, the, the place where we come together to find God. You know what I'm saying? And that's a really hard, like, theme to explain, obviously, <laughs> or we would have just nailed it and then moved on. Do you see church more as what Paul started, like what what happened after Christ died and rose again? Oh, why don't you just throw me a real easy question there, Jacob? <laughs> Gosh, I, this is what you'd ask for, man. This is why you have a, a mutual podcast, you know? You, you, you are absolutely right. Um, so <laughs> I think I would agree with your definition of the maybe a slight variation of that, of its, I guess in its most broad sense, a group of people getting together to grow closer to God. Yes. Um, and so what that is going to look like is going to be very different. Um, so something that we have briefly touched on a couple of times, but have uh, not really dived into yet, but is actually doing the work of God. So going out, yes. um, doing service projects, going out, trying to be the hands and feet of God, being love incarnate, um, yes. you know, of adopting foster kids, of um, cooling people, you know, doing all those things, be justice, love mercy. A- advocating uh, for the least of these. Yeah, the, yeah. so doing all yeah. those things, that stuff is, like, and the times that I've gone and done that in um, – I mean, communities, whether they're Christian or not, I have definitely seen that where it's like, oh, yeah, like it turns out God who made us like he made us to do like that stuff is part of us. I think about it as a computer programmer sometime where it's like, oh, yeah, God is this cosmic programmer designed us to do stuff. And when you do things the way the programmer designed them to, it works. And if you try to go outside of that, weird crap starts happening. And it's like, well, sorry, you didn't do what you were supposed to. So like doing that work, um, doing some of the like. Uh, worship, uh, just communing with God stuff, doing some of the mental, um, like, okay, what does it look like to see God? I mean, honestly, some of the stuff that we're doing here of, okay, in, in my brain, as I organize these facts, what does it mean? Like all of those are different pieces, but none of those are the point of church. The point of church is to have people engage with God. And so in different groups of people, the amount that we balance those are going to be different um, yeah. based on where you're at in your life of, I mean, and who you are as a person, like whether, whether the mystical communion or the intellectual or the physical going and doing stuff, like the working out of it, depending on where you're at in your life, you're going to need different pieces of that. Um, and so I would, I mean, I guess that's the best version of why you have different churches is you have some people who need more of one piece and some people who need more of another. Um, and so people are going to section off that the people who really need uh, intellectual training, who that's how they really connect with God, are going to go to a church that's going to be higher on that. The people who are really passionate about seeing God work out and seeing those pieces are going to go to a church that does more of that. Mm-hmm. And so you have people in a group of 
in a group that best facilitates them connecting with God and seeing God and being God. And all three of those need to happen everywhere. But how much they happen is going to depend on who you have and what they need. Yeah, that's that's all those are really good points. I guess I just um, I don't know. The, the interesting part about this conversation is like you are so intertwined with the whole and, and I even described it at the beginning of the scene is like I left church and then I just began going back to church. Now, if I really believed that, I would think something was really missing and that's like I I lost my faith. And that's not true, actually. I never questioned my faith when I left church. And I'm using quote signs here, church, because I felt like I found that community, that even worship and that um, presence of God in other places in a way that like the building based church rarely got me and still doesn't, you know, if I were to be honest with you right now, like I'm struggling with it. And so like some of the things that I thought we would talk about, which we kind of don't have as much time now, but um, is like, is church, is church like a message from a pastor? You know what I'm saying? And I would, I would be do a, like a very profound no, because I think that you could come together in a building even and have a circle and just have a topic at hand, even if you wanted to use the Bible, you know, to to lead with it and like work through it, have a conversation. And you you would probably call that more like a Bible study or, you know, like like stuff that churches do. But in my opinion, the reason why churches are so frustrating to me is those things are far more effective then going to one place, having that kind of awkward um, greeting time, and then hearing some worship, which I, as I said, I like worship usually. That's not a bad thing for me. But then that that, and we didn't even get into this, Josh, the tithing thing, and then the whole message that's very much about this subject from the Bible, and and honestly, like one of my frustrations right now is like. A lot of them are so general, they lose its potency. Like, of course, God's going to be um, a struggle to find. And of course, God's still there, even through the tough times. And if you rely on God, I genuinely think that, like, he will come and prevail, you know. But, like, when you talk about it like that, it's completely, like, frustrating to any, because, you, like, it's there's no examples. And then you're like, well... But this is what the Bible says about how this looks. And it's like, totally cool. We live 2,000 years later. What What about today? Where do you see that walk out today? And anyways, I'm going on a, a bit of a rant here. I'll try to pull myself in. But like, like my, my issue right now with church is how not just structured it is, but like how um, it is towards Talk down heavy kind of um, thing. And I'm hearing a bunch of noise. I hope it's not. It's mostly. I, I, I've been able to hear all the words. The audio quality has been a little bit funky on a couple of them. We are so uh, sorry, everybody. This is. I, I apologize for my friend okay. Jacob. No, but Jacob, I, I, I would agree with that. So it is. Now that we're at the end of the conversation, I think I know what I think um, about it. So I would I would agree with you um, that those are not essential pieces of church. And I think I would agree with you that the church tends to be overbalanced, overly attached to the particular structure that we happen to do church in. Um, that I think there's a lot of flexibility and differences there that could be very good Um whether or not we can make that happen is a whole separate question. Old church people tend to be rather inflexible, um, but that's a whole separate question. I would also agree that the church tends to be too slanted towards. I would, I would definitely agree that the church is too slanted towards top-down stuff. I would say that the church is too slanted towards intellectual. Here are what the facts and the theories about Christianity are. Um, I mean, depending on where you go, you may or may not have your mileage may vary on where whether you get enough um, 
uh, like real world examples of tying the text back to what it actually is that I would I would argue a significant part of the teaching is of saying, okay, what does this look like in your life? Because it's really easy to hear a message and think, man, I know somebody else who needs to learn that and bringing it back and saying, okay, what do I need to change in my life? That is one of the things that to me really separates good preaching um, is the ability to say, that's what it looked like then. What does it look like today? Like, what are what are the different individual pieces? Like, I'm not going to bow down and worship a golden calf. There aren't many of them around. Uh, am I going to spend too much time on my phone? Am I going to spend too much time at my job? Am I going to be too concerned about the size of my house or make an idol out of the safety of uh, my family and my children? More likely. Um, like, those are the yeah. things that I am going to need to worry about. So I would argue that that is... Um, one of the things that distinguishes good preaching from bad preaching. But I would also contend that, yes, the church is too structured. Too many churches have buildings. I would, while I posed it to you as a question earlier, I don't think it's a question that has been well thought through and is um, necessarily makes sense. I strongly suspect we have too many church buildings um, and too much focus on the intellectual and underemphasizing the community doing the work of God and community worshiping God and leaning into the mystical, unknowable aspects of God more. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, this is, this is very interesting. Um, I feel like we agreed more than I thought we were going yeah. to. This is, a, this was an interesting cover. My problem is people are going to be like, uh, wow. Like sometimes I really feel like we're talking about church. And then sometimes I feel like, these guys just went completely out of like left field, but I do think I have a better understanding of what you think of church and, and me a little bit. I mean, my issue is like, I'm not too like, this is probably going to be a constant, um, a constant thing. If we keep on doing this is like, you're going to be like, we figured something out. And I'm like, no, we've, we've asked more questions. We've got more interesting questions now, you know? And like, I as mean, long as we have more interesting questions, uh, we're good. Like, this is I mean, not but if, if you have the right questions, that is so much of the way to having the answers. I, I think I would agree with you more than you would expect on that, that knowing the battles that you need to be fighting is most of it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't help me to have all the right answers, but of knowing where I need to be going, what I need to be fighting for, man, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah. And then it's just, no, a matter of, it's just a matter of living it out, which, you know, is easy because we're all perfect and not going <laughs> to screw up things that we know how to do. Yeah. So, well, dude, um, I don't know if, like, we answered any questions enough to, to think that this should be the end of the podcast, but it is certainly, uh, I'm looking at the time right now, it's certainly long enough to, to be a, a podcast, podcast length, right? Oh, yeah, so, for sure. At least. Okay, so so, so we, you're calling this okay, right? This was a yep. okay first podcast. To be I, frank, I, Josh, I, I've I've listened to your um your your ramblings, and this isn't any like worse than that. So, <laughs> oh, I would argue it's much better. Okay, well, thank you for listening, right? Yeah, we did well, right, Josh? Yeah, if anybody made it through this far, you, you know what? At this point, <laughs> just a a round of applause for anyone who made it through this. I am very impressed. Give yourself a high five, listener. Yeah, and Josh and I, just so in case somebody listened and could put up with this bad audio, uh, Josh and I love to hear what people think because you and I are not at all offended by oh. people not agreeing with us like we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, well, dude, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and I need to go myself. So keep it cool, right. okay? See you, Jacob. Yes, thank you again. Bye.